It's 420, and you know what that means. It's a great time for me to record an RBA podcast. What was I talking about again? That's right. I'm your host, Jeff Hobbs, and it is indeed April 20th, 2023. Also, Hitler's birthday. Uh, There's a strange little irony there, uh, because if there's one human being on the planet who probably should have smoked a lot more weed, I think we can all agree it was Adolf Hitler. (laughs) Might not have killed so many people. Uh, Speaking of Hitler, uh, we have our own uh, DH in in the RBA, our own designated Hitler. Get it? (laughs) Designated Hitler instead of Hitler? That was all me. J.R. Richardson. I am never going to let him live down the fact that he put the designated Hitler, just about the worst invention in human history, into his uh, baseball league. Hopefully we can do away with that. I'm going to probably say that on every episode from now on until until we do. This is episode, what, uh, 42. That's right. The meaning of life, the universe, and everything. Number 42, according to Douglas Adams of Hitchhiker's Guide fame. And uh, we are, uh, well, we're into April. We're about a month into the RBA season, I guess, maybe three weeks or something something like that. And I am going to begin this episode by talking to you about the RBA 2023. I mean, you all kind of know the standings, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But the title of this episode of Fake Ball is A Clearly Lopsided Season or something like that, by which I mean, well, Lop, Lopatcong, is uh, leading everybody with a record of 16 and 8. Pretty predictable that this team was going to be a powerhouse. And clearly, Dunedin sucks. Uh, The Clear Blues are 7 and 17. I'm going to be keeping an eye on them this season because my spreadsheet has them as maybe the worst RBA team of all time, which is really saying something. And in terms of the pre-plays that I ran, man, those pre-play results conformed at least pretty much to what I was, <laughs> to what my spreadsheet said. And I was a bit surprised by that. We'll see just how bad they are, at least over a sample of 162 games. Also worth pointing out that Berea and Fourth Duquesne are each 15 and nine. And it does look like, uh, I think I said this during RBA weekend, it does look like the Puckett division is going to be the better of the two divisions for the first time since 1876. So, Interesting. Uh, we could have a quite a battle over there for first place, second place, third place. Who knows? Uh, it's a it's a quite a division. Uh, so anyway, that's kind of where RBA 2023 stands. Lopat Kong is like I said, 16 and eight, but uh, but not once I get through with them, they'll be 16 and 14. I do not believe that. Uh, I have not yet played that series. I guess I guess we just got the play ball file today, so I'll probably play it. I don't know. I'll play it soon, next couple days. Okay, now on to the next topic. Uh, you know what? I've I've got RBA trivia for you. It's been a couple of months at least since I've done one of these, and so here is your RBA trivia question for this month. It's an interesting one. It just kind of popped into my head out of nowhere. And uh, and I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, what what is the worst record for a first-year franchise? So here's the RBA trivia question. There are four first-year franchises, and I want to be very clear about this. When I say first-year franchises, 
I don't mean first year coaches or like uh, first year cities where a team might have moved, like Collins Ferry moved to Elm Grove, for example. I'm not talking about coaches or cities or nicknames. I'm talking about actual franchises. There are four franchises that in their first uh, season in the RBA won one third of their games or fewer. Okay, I'll say that again very quickly. Four teams in RBA history have uh, have won one third or fewer of their games in that first season. Name as many of them as you can. All right, the four worst first year franchises in RBA history. Okay, now on to the main, I guess you could say, part of this episode. We're going to talk about the 2018 ass match and the 2018 champions match. So two months ago, before I did the, you know, RBA weekend recap episode, I talked about the 2018 season. Uh, The Greenbacks came away from it as champions, but there were two real monster teams not named the Greenbacks, but better than the Greenbacks that year, frankly, Uh, Elm Grove and Atlanta. The Greenbacks were very good, but not as good as those teams in my opinion. So um, so anyway, I guess I should introduce the teams from, let's start with the ass match as we always do. And let me pull up what I need to pull up for this. I think I've got everything up, but you know me. So <laughs> let's check. All right, here we go. In, uh, in this corner over here, your challenger from 2018, sporting an RBA record, an actual record that season of 48 wins Oh, and 114 losses. Dear God, 48 wins. Uh, they did average 53.4 in the replays that I ran. Oh, the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. And what gems did the Corsairs have on their roster? Why, I'll tell you. All right, well, the rotation actually did boast uh, Clayton Kershaw, who was a grade 17Z that year. They also had Carlos Martinez, who was pretty good, and then, boy, did it fall off. Kershaw, Martinez, Adam Wainwright uh, wasn't good that year. Neither was Tyler Skaggs or Danny Salazar, their three, four, five starters. But Kershaw, as I mentioned, was a monster. Their lineup against right-handed pitching was Cesar Hernandez at second. Oh, they had some injuries. Um, anyway, their lineup looks something like this. Cesar Hernandez, Kevin Kiermeyer, Albert Pujols, Miguel Sano, Jason Hayward, Melky Cabrera, Jan Gomes, Dansby Swanson. I think that was their lineup against righties. Um, anyway, those are your 2018 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. All right. So... They go up against the current ass uh, in this series of series, whatever it is that I'm doing. And this uh, this team went an even more remarkable 37 and 125 in the RBA season. It's a lot worse than somehow a lot worse than the 48 and 114 uh, Fort Dunedin, Fort Dunedin, Fort Duquesne Corsairs. We got a couple of heavy hitters right here, a couple of big hitters. 37 and 125, an average of 43.0 replay wins. You thought Fort Duquesne was bad. The 2016 uh, Las Vegas effect. All right, so this team uh, you've heard about before, obviously. Uh, let's see what they had. Let's go back over this ground. Uh, Jeff Samarja was their ace, and 
He was not what you would call an ace ever. Chris Rusin, uh, Matt Whistler, uh, Aaron Nola, and this was before Aaron Nola was, well, actually Aaron Nola was pretty good. He just couldn't pitch that much. And Daniel Norris. <laughs> uh, Nola was the closest thing they had to an ace. And like I said, his, his, uh, his innings were very much limited. All right, their lineup against righties was Starling Marte in center field, Rajai Davis in left field, Freddie Freeman at first base, Jonathan Lucroy catching Jock Peterson in right, Jose Reyes playing shortstop, Jake Lamb at third base, and Starlin Castro over at second base. And that was the team. That was the team that lost Jose Fernandez um, toward the end of the regular season, actually. Okay, so, so what happened in this... Uh, in this heavyweight tilt between 2016 Vegas and 2018 Fort Duquesne. Well, let me run it. Let me run it by you here. This is what happened. All right, game one. Game one, there was very little hitting. Uh, actually, the final score was only three to one. And even though Las Vegas scored the first run of the game, they did lose three to one. Fort Duquesne scored three times afterwards. Clayton Kershaw went the full nine for Fort Duquesne allowed just that one run and uh, the Corsairs come out to a, or go out to a, a one, nothing lead in the series. All right. Game two it was a four to two finish. Another fairly low scoring game, especially for this era of baseball. And this game was won by Las Vegas. So the effect do get a win here to tie the series. And uh, Chris Rusin actually pitched very well for his effect. Series tied at a game apiece. We go to game three, and we've got a high-scoring one, nine to seven. The, the the game did go 11 innings, and it was actually six to six. Oh, this is an interesting one. This was a six to nothing Las Vegas lead going into the ninth inning. Fort Duquesne scored exactly six runs and then held Vegas uh, scoreless in the bottom of the ninth to take it to extras. So the effect blow a six-run lead in the ninth inning. It goes into the 10th where each team scores one run. So now it's, uh, what, seven to seven going into the 11th inning. Fort Duquesne scores two in the 11th inning, and they win the game nine to seven after holding down Vegas in the bottom half of the inning. Uh, Cesar Hernandez and Kevin Kiermeyer both get hurt for the rest of the series for Fort Duquesne in that game, but they do take a two to one lead in the series. All right, we go to game four. This was a nine to nothing bloodbath. Fort Duquesne smokes the effect and gets a wonderful two hits and a two hit no walk start. Uh, six innings pitched out of Tyler Skaggs. And uh, it's a three to one lead in the series for Fort Duquesne of 2018. All right, we go to game five. Another, uh, once again, the winning team scores nine runs. And once again, it's 2018 Fort Duquesne. This game finished nine to four. Daniel Norris got lit up, as did Michael Lorenzen for uh, Las Vegas. Danny Salazar gets the win for Fort Duquesne. Miguel Sano gets three hits and Miguel Caprera gets four. Actually, Pujols got three as well. And ladies and gentlemen, Las Vegas loses yet another ass match, meaning that they continue as the asses of the league. Remember, the losing team goes on. <laughs> In the ass match, that is, the losing team goes on and remains the remaining, uh, remains the reigning. I won't call them the champ. I'll call them the asses. So Las Vegas continues on. Good job, I guess, by 2018 Fort Duquesne.
All right, now let's go to the champions match. All right, this is the big one, I guess. Here goes uh, our challenger from 2018. Finished that season with a record of 101 wins and 61 losses and a very mighty 106.1 replay wins on average. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2018 Atlanta Avalanche. And this is their roster. Give me a second while I pull it up. Okay, so that's the wrong team. Oh, this is so professional, I can't believe it. All right, let me pick the right team here. All right, uh, Irvin Santana was, uh, looks like the ace of the staff. Zach Davies, both very good pitchers for that season. It did drop off a good bit after that, I guess. Alex Cobb, actually, no, these were all pretty good pitchers. Irvin Santana, Zach Davies, Alex Cobb, Brad Peacock, and Michael Fulmer. That was the rotation. And then uh, let's take a look at their lineup against righties. We got Paul Goldschmidt at first base, Aaron Judge in center, Daniel Murphy at second base, all bat, no glove, but he could hit. He could really hit. Josh Donaldson at third base, speaking of people who could really hit. Tim Beckham playing shortstop. Eddie Rosario in left field, batting sixth. Ioannis Cespedes uh, batting seventh and playing right. And Manny Pena. He's got some, st some RBA stories to share. Uh, he caught and batted eighth. Those were your 2018 uh, Atlanta Avalanche. They are the challengers to the current champion. And the current champion uh, went... 53 and 28 during that RBA season. That is right. We're going all the way back to the old era. In other words, this team has been champ for a while. 53 and 28 with 104.1 average replay wins. That is two below 18 Atlanta. And we are talking, of course, about the 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. And let's pull this team up. So this team, as usual, boasted uh, Ver uh, Kershaw and Verlander, and they were both 19Zs, for God's sakes. They had two 19Z full-time starters on, on staff. Uh, Dan Heron was their number three starter. Ryan Vogelsong in the fourth spot, and Irvin Santana was the fifth starter on this team. Again, we're going back more than a decade from now. Um, 2012. Their lineup against righties was Ben Zobrist in left field, Andrew McCutcheon in center, Albert Pools at first, Mike Napoli catching, Pablo Sandoval at third, Daniel Murphy at second base, Yanel Escobar at short, and Kosuke Fukudome playing right field. And here is how that series went. 2018 Atlanta challenging 2012 Fort Duquesne. All right, let's take a look. Game one was a four to two affair. And uh, Atlanta won it. Atlanta was up two to nothing going into the ninth inning, scored two more in the top of the ninth to take a four nothing lead and then gave up two runs in the bottom half of the ninth. But, uh, but Fort Duquesne needed four. So, uh, so Rivero, I don't remember his first name, but Rivero got the save for Atlanta. This was only a few years ago. I probably should remember his name, but I don't. Atlanta wins the first game of the series against the, uh, Long-time defending champion Corsairs from 2012. Game two was a three-to-two nail-biter, won by Fort Duquesne. Actually, Atlanta was up two-to-one through almost the entire game, and then Fort Duquesne scored two in the bottom of the eighth. And Mariano Rivera, who else, closed it out in the top of the ninth for Fort Duquesne. The series is tied. Game three. 
was a six to one drubbing or semi drubbing anyway by the 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. Another close one. Uh, it was actually uh, for a long time. It was two to one going into the eighth. Fort Duquesne. They seemed to like the bottom of the eighth. They scored four in the bottom of the eighth this time to take that six to one lead. And uh, and this time E Butler, whoever that is, uh, closed it out for. I'm sorry. I am screwing everything up. Bronson Arroyo actually closed it out for Fort Duquesne. Uh, again, it was a six to one game, so they were probably going with their uh, their lesser lights there. I'm sure Rivera would have come in if it had been closer. All right, so it's a two to one series lead for the Corsairs of 2012. We go to game four, and this was a 10 to two beatdown by Fort Duquesne. They scored five in the bottom of the second and four in the bottom of the fourth. They end up winning, as I said, 10 to two. Nice start by Ryan Vogelsong. Two hits in seven innings, only one walk. Uh, Peacock just got slaughtered for Atlanta. And it's a three to one series lead for the seemingly unbeatable 2012 Corsairs, but Atlanta is tough. Uh, the 2018 Avalanche were a scary, scary team. They go into game five, uh, knowing that they can do it, and they don't. <laughs> they lose three to two. Uh, barn burner of a game five. Actually, the Corsairs were up three to nothing. Going into the top of the eighth, Atlanta scores twice off of Urban Santana before Fort Duquesne brings in its bullpen. Logan Andrusek closes out the last, well, he gets the last out of the eighth, and then who else but Mariano Rivera pitches the ninth, uh, three up, three down, to win the series for the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. And so uh, we now stand uh, with 2016 Las Vegas, still the ass of the league, and 2012 Fort Duquesne still as champions of the league. So 2016 Las Vegas has defeated 2015 Fort Duquesne. And by defeated, I mean lost to, to become the new ass. 2016 Las Vegas lost to 2015 Fort Duquesne to, to become the ass in 2016. And then they lost to the incredibly bad 2017 Elm Grove Cardinals. That team also won 48 games in the actual regular season, like 2018 Fort Duquesne, whom Las Vegas also lost to. So this is three straight ass match losses uh, going to, to, to by, by the 2016 Las Vegas effect. 2012 Fort Duquesne is, well, as you can imagine, on quite a run. They first became the champions in 2012, right? They challenged 08 Buffalo, who had been champs for a little while, and they won four games to two. Uh, they then beat 2013 Vegas in seven. Uh, 2014 Fort Duquesne, a battle of Corsair teams, in five. 2012 Fort Duquesne then beat 2015 Dunedin in five. And then they swept the 2016 Avalanche. That team won, I think, 114 games or some insane number. Almost, almost tied the record for best winning percentage in a season. Fort Duquesne swept them. That was, again, the 16 Avalanche. Uh, then Fort Duquesne beat 2017 Dunedin in seven. So another very close series. In fact, they won game seven by one run, just as they had won game seven against 2013 Vegas. And now they defeat 2018 Atlanta in five. So how about the 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs? They are creating quite a legacy for themselves. 
uh, I suppose. And uh, congrats to them on winning yet another series. They will, of course, go up against the winner of the 2019 replays, which I'll announce probably next month. So, yeah. All right. So where are we in the podcast? Oh, um, yeah. So let's talk about briefly, let's talk about the end of the 2018 regular season. There's actually not a lot to talk about because interestingly enough, there were no personnel changes in the RBA at all. The previous season had been John Ritchie's first. He took over for the Chicago wave, right? He took a vacant franchise and, uh, and you know, um, he was the only replacement that year, actually. Uh, but then at the end of 2018, there were there were no more changes. Uh, all the coaches stayed. There were no changes in team names or anything even like that. So the league was pretty stable. It's been pretty stable, actually, for a long time. I have to give uh, JR, maybe, I guess, a little bit of credit for this. And, uh, and so, yeah, the exact same slate of coaches and teams and everything uh, took the RBA from the end of 2018 into 2019. All right, so back now to RBA trivia. I'll restate the question briefly. Four first-year franchises in the history of the league um, won one-third or fewer games during that first season. Name as many of them as you can, and I'll go from best to worst, so like fourth worst to third worst, so you get the idea. Okay, so... Uh, for number four, we're gonna go. We're gonna go very far back in time, all the way to 2002, and the Chicago Wave, coached by the infamous Jared McCormick. The 2002 Wave were a really bad team, as evidenced by their 27 and 54 mark that season. So they won exactly one third of their games, winning percentage 333. They were the fourth worst uh, first season franchise, whatever, the, the fourth worst first season record in RBA history. Again, 2002, Chicago coming in fourth. Third place, third worst ever. And this is maybe a bit of a tricky question, but I did say first year franchises and not expansion franchises. In other words, we are going to go all the way back to 2001 Tallahassee. So the Tallahassee Apaches, who are now the Silver City Vultures and have been since 2002. Tallahassee was in the league as well as its owner. Was, they were in the league one year. They went 26 and 55 for a mark of uh, 300, uh, 321, one game worse than 02 Chicago. And the story behind this is that Jesse Kyle, the coach, uh, showed up to the draft, if I remember correctly, but only for the first couple rounds. He left and didn't give JR a list or anything. So JR randomly selected players for him for every pick after that. Um, Tallahassee, as a result, uh, <laughs> went into that season with, I would say, the only extremely good or extremely bad team. And of course, they were extremely bad. 26 and 55, 2001 Tallahassee finishes in third. The second worst first uh, year for a franchise ever was very recent. The 2021 Ahmedabad Titans won 47 games out of 162, so 47 and 114, actually, 161, it looks like. There must have been a rainout for a winning percentage of 292. We're, we're, we're sub 300 now. Amdabad of 2021, second worst ever for a first-year franchise. All right, 
So what was the worst first season ever for an RBA team? We're going to go to 2007 and the Dunedin Clear Blues, who finished 23 and 58 for a winning percentage of 284. And that actually set the record for worst RBA team in history. Um, they broke the 06 Greenbacks record from the season, you know, the season before, obviously. And then that record got broken by three games the next year. Orlando had a remarkably awful team. That record stood all the way until 2016 with that horrendous Las Vegas team. So those are your answers. 02 Chicago, 01 Tallahassee, 2021 Ahmedabad, and 2007 Dunedin. I think that's it for, for me on this one. Uh, next month, I'll talk to you about the 2019 RBA season. Have a good one, everybody, and I'll see you next time.